Welcome to the York Story Slam podcast, where we feature select stories from our monthly open mic storytelling events in York, Pennsylvania. On March 15, 2016, 10 storytellers shared their stories with a sold-out crowd at Holy Hound Tap Room in downtown York. The theme for the evening was luck, and we heard several stories about people being in the right place at the right time. Heather Kleinfelter won with her story about getting to hang out with a band after they ate at a restaurant where she worked in the late 90s. Here's Heather. Well, that escalated quickly. Um, I didn't even really intend to come in here tonight to tell a story because, like so many others, I really am not a big fan of luck uh, one way or the other. Um, I prefer to thank all the gods for everything all the time. So, um, but I was reminded of a story from when I had just been out of high school. I moved out of my parents' house about uh, eight days after graduation. Um, And I had been planning this for several months. I had barely been staying there to begin with. And um, I met a girl, her name was Jen, and we had a great time. This was circa 1997, and uh, after about a year and a half, uh, I found myself working at the honey pot that is the Left Bank. If you've been to Left Bank, uh, you would know it's a very nice establishment. If you've worked at the Left Bank, you would know it's a very, very nice establishment. <laughs> so um, there's Strand Nights, there's York Fair, there's all sorts of things, and whenever anyone famous comes to York, They generally eat at the left bank. So when I was working there, uh, my roommate Jen had the privilege of waiting on a band that we really hadn't heard of before. Um, But we were excited because, you know, that meant that she got the big money that night. And uh, it also meant that we uh, got an invitation to do something that was totally outside of our comfort zone. Jen waited on the Kentucky Headhunters. They were at the fairgrounds doing a um, biker rally, I believe. And being from York, you know, we are familiar with that kind of music. uh, But it really wasn't our scene because we were um, rave rats at the time. Anyway, come close. Um, They are getting ready to go do their show. And Jen gets the tip back. And they're... How do... They had a napkin on top of the checkbook. And she's she's like, this is for you. She's like, thanks. It's a napkin. He's like, no. And he grabbed her hand. He's like, this is for you. And she opened up the napkin, and inside was a very nice and very large joint. (laughs) And she was like, wow. Thank you. That's very kind. (laughs) And uh, so, you know, and and I'm helping her with the table, and we're talking to them, and they're like, we would really like you girls to come to our concert at the fairgrounds tonight. Please come. You know, we'll put you on the list. Give us your full names, and, you know, we'll get you backstage. You'll have a good time. And we're like, uh, okay. You're the Kentucky Headhunters. If you're not familiar, they play kind of rednecky, southern rock and roll, um, hillbilly type of music. Good old country rock and roll. 
So we thought, well, you know, we went back and forth. Maybe we shouldn't, maybe we shouldn't. And she, Jen's like, well, they left us like $150 on this check and a joint. <laughs> <laughs> so we go home and change. And we're like, should we, shouldn't we? Uh, maybe, we'll go. And we're like, ah, fuck it. I'm like, let's smoke this joint and drink this beer, and then we're going to go over to the Kentucky Headhunters concert at the York Fair. Woo! <laughs> so we get there, and we go to, like, the together, like, oh, do you have tickets? I'm like, no. And we explain the whole situation, waiting on the band, you know. They said they put us on the list, and they're like, you're not on the list. And they're, like, checking the list. They're like, are you sure? They're like, no, you're not on the list. I'm not even sure how we did it and even why we did it. <laughs> but we somehow managed to talk ourselves into the Kentucky Headhunters concert at the York Fairgrounds during a bike rally. So we, we get in and we get up front and we're like, oh, yeah, okay, we're rocking out, this is great. And the concert ends, and we walk around to where they're letting the people to backstage. And somehow, again, I'm not even sure why or how, but we talked ourselves backstage. We get backstage for the Kentucky Headhunters. I cannot even tell you any of their names or their songs that they sing. <laughs> I, I just don't know. But when you're 22 and, you know, you're having a good time, it doesn't even matter. So we get backstage, and they're like, hey, yeah, thanks for coming. Oh, my God, how'd you guys get in? And we're like, well, you totally forgot to put us on the list. <laughs> but here we are. And they're like, oh, great. Okay, so let's go back to our tour bus. And so we go back to the tour bus, and we're hanging out with these guys, and we're drinking our Budweiser's, and they're like, let's smoke some weed. And I'm like, okay, let's do that. That sounds good. And so they're like, having a good time, and they're like, we got this weed from Willie Nelson. And we're like, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like, yeah, we were hanging out with him last week in L.A., and he gave us this. And I'm like, you guys are awesome. And, and they were totally cool dudes, and they were 70% um, not skeevy. And... <laughs> Like, they tried to get us to stay on the tour bus and hang out, but we just decided that, you know, we were just going to smoke their weed and drink their Budweiser and go home, which is pretty much what we did, and that's how I was lucky enough to meet the Kentucky Headhunters and smoke some weed from Willie Nelson. Thank you. Heather earned a spot in our Grand Slam in November. Next up is Tanya Bankert. Tanya told us she was nervous, but she decided to put her name in the hat during intermission. Her name was pulled, and once she started sharing some of her misadventures in the world of dating as a widow, she said she could have gone on forever. All right, let's give a round of applause for Tanya. A few years ago, I uh, decided I wanted to get back in the dating game. My husband had died, and... Uh, I thought, well, it's about time I need to do that. So one of the first things, as a lot of young ladies here can uh, attest to, is the fact that you go to your friends. Do you have any uh, single guys that you would like to, you know, introduce and everything like that? Um, and this is a story sort of about the phases of my 
wandering back into the dating game, so you can decide whether I was lucky or unlucky. Uh, the, my girlfriend in, um, introduced me via telephone to a gentleman friend of hers who happened to be in law enforcement. And I said to her, I said, you know, I'm really shy about this sort of thing. Um, let me just, you give him my number, I'll give him, you know, you give him my number. Um, we'll exchange, you know, we'll talk, okay? So talking went on for about three weeks and everything, and we decided at one point, okay, we're ready to meet. I felt comfortable with him. He's in law enforcement. I Googled him, you know, I knew what he looked like. I knew he was a pretty stand-up guy, so it was no problem. Um, unfortunately, um, the, next, the week that we were supposed to meet, there was an article in the paper that um, the law enforcement um, division that he was um, connected to had a little minor scandal, and apparently he was involved in it. So <laughs> there went that. <laughs> Um, not sure if he's in witness protection or not now, but <laughs> there went that. Then there was the next phase of my dating, um, trying to date anyway, let's put it that way, uh, was the online dating. Now, people of my age were n are not real comfortable with that, but okay, I got my daughter and her fiancé to try to, you know, set up my profile, and um, which I thought was pretty good, but apparently... Something in the profile said, you are as dumb as a stone because I would get the guys who would be outside of my preferred distance radius, like Las Vegas, and they would, you know, they would e instant message me, oh, baby, you look so beautiful. Um, you know, I mean, really, you're going to start out with a line like that, you know? Um, and oh, by the way, could you um, give me, uh, here's my phone number and my email address, email me or phone me, I'm not really on Match.com, but I'd like to talk to you. I'm like, really? I'm that dumb that I would give you my information so you could scam me. Thank you very much. Okay, so the next phase... And I, this, is a, this, was, this was a real winner for me, for somebody that was just getting back out there. I joined a dating service. The big draw with the dating service is that you go in there, they, I was, no word of a lie, was in an interview for two hours. They take your picture, they take your financial information, every bit of information that you had. And the purpose is, so you're not a serial killer. The guy's not a serial killer. You're not, he's not a rapist or a child molester, and you're not a gold digger. So they, they confirm, and they background check everything. I'm good to go. And it's, um, and, and, and the uh, drawing card also is that a lot of the people that join this dating service are professionals, which I happen to be one. So, like I said, judge if I'm lucky or unlucky. <laughs> the deal there was, they give the guy your number, they give you his number, you call, set up a lunch meeting or a dinner meeting, whatever. And then if you wanna meet again, then everything goes from there. Great, sounds good. First guy we call, he called me up. Um, 
talked real, you know, and, and I have to preface this by saying everybody I talked to were very nice people. And it just, I don't know, just didn't work out. First guy calls me up. We set up a time to meet and everything. Two days later, he calls me back. Tanya. What, what, who's it, who is this? Oh, this is so-and-so. I'm in the hospital. <laughs> what happened? <gasps> I fell and broke three ribs. <laughs> How'd you do that? And I have to preface this by saying but that one of the things that I put down in my inter intake interview was that I do want somebody healthy. <laughs> the one, I fell, I fell because he had taken some medication and caused him to fall. Consequently found out that he also, after he did that, slipped on some ice in his kitchen, broke his ankle, and while he was recovering from the broken ankle, slipped in the shower and broke his finger. <laughs> when we finally met, finally met, we decided we liked camping and hiking and all that good stuff, and he says, but I can't hike anymore because they think I had a stroke. <laughs> so, one quick, one quick one as well. Another gentleman I met, he had buried his wife very recently. I'm sorry if you can't wait till your wife is cold in the ground to start dating something. There's a clue there. Good, bing, 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 bing. Oh. It, it was like I said, you be the judge. The last, the last um, comment I want to make, my daughter apparently was so sick of hearing about me and these obviously failed dates that she actually went up to a gentleman in the eagle's nest where her and her husband, or her and her fiancé rather, were having dinner, saw this nice-looking gentleman, introduced herself to this gentleman, and ask him to tell her about himself because she had a mother who was, would like to get back in the dating scene. I'm like, seriously, thank you for the birthday present because it was around my birthday at that point in time, but you just pimped your mother out. <laughs> what is up with that? You be the judge. Thanks for sharing, Tanya. Our final story on this month's podcast comes from Aaron Lewis, who told us about the time in high school when he avoided catastrophe after spending a weekend on his teacher's ranch in Texas. So it's March 15th, St. Patty's Day is right around the corner. The theme is luck. Everyone's thinking of Ireland. So here's a story about San Antonio, Texas. Um, my freshman year of high school, I went to Ronald Reagan High School, which is a place. It exists in San Antonio, Texas. Um, and my freshman year, I took a geology or geography class uh, that was taught by a gentleman by the name of Mr. Swinney. And Mr. Swinney was very much of the old school in that he gave zero shits about what anyone thought about his methods. Um, so he'd take us like on nature walks on the ranch that was directly uh, against the, the property of the school. Um, had culture days where people brought in food and stuff from the regions that we were studying. Just a really cool, awesome teacher. 
And he was also the type of teacher that really cared about his students and the success of his students the, to the point that, you know, if someone failed, he took it personally in that he had failed to teach this, this kid. And, um, and he was the, the type of teacher that you didn't want to let down. You wanted to do well in his class because if you didn't, you were letting this man down and he, and he was working very hard to not let that happen. Um, but every Friday, he would get up in front of the class and give his monologue about how it was the Great American Weekend, uh, go outside, go camping, go hiking, go fishing, um, get lost, get hurt, scrape your knees, rub some dirt in it, walk it off. And by the end of the day, that was my last class on Friday, and, and I you know, immediately would walk home from school through the ranch, drop my bag off and go back out on the ranch and, and uh, spend a lot of time outside. But at the end of the year... Mr. Swinney um, invited all of his students to his family ranch out, um, outside of San Antonio um, for just an afternoon of the Great American Weekends, going outside, going hiking, camping, fishing. Um, he had a lake. It was a pond. Um, <laughs> but he, it's been stocked with catfish, and so there was you know canoeing, kayaking, hiking. It was just a great... Um, afternoon outside and at the end of the day the sun started going down and we piled up a bunch of you know scrap wood and there's not a whole lot of wood big wood in Texas very small wood Um, and we had a bonfire and we were sitting around talking about the wonderful day we just had and then it was time to go home and this had all been coordinated Um, you know people carpooled and we were all meeting back at, at the parking lot of this, uh, this sporting goods store. And, um, but some people had left, you know, early during the day. And when it was time to load up all the cars and get back, there was uh, one seat shy of a, of a full transport. Um, and Mr. Swinney drove uh, this tiny little beat-up Toyota pickup truck. And... Um, and we were loading up, and, and I said, it's fine, I'll, I'll ride in the bed. This is Texas, it's, that's kosher. Um, and so he was kind of hesitant, and I, I told him, uh, like, I, it'll, it'll be fine. I'll just, I'll sit in the bed. Uh, we've got towels, you know, sun was going down, it was getting kind of chilly. I'll wrap up in the towels, and I'll ride in the bed uh, with my two fish that I had proudly caught. Um, and so I was just climbing into the bed of the pickup truck when the other car had said, we just rearranged some stuff, we've got a seat. And the seat was like this wide between two very large classmates, and I really would rather have ridden in the bed of the pickup. Um, but Mr. Swinney looked at me, he said, look, I'd feel much better if you rode in the cab of this, uh, of this car with a seatbelt. Um, I said, okay, all right, that's fine. Uh, so we drove back, and uh, the van made it to the van that I was riding in made it to the parking lot, and we started waiting for Mr. Swinney and the other two kids to get there, and we waited and we waited and we waited, and um, we were the only ones. It was kind of late at night, the only ones at the parking lot, and we saw a car coming in to the parking lot. And we thought, oh, good, it's Mr. No, it's not Mr. Swinney. That's not his pickup truck. And uh, someone had driven right up to us and said, "Are you waiting for Mr. Swinney?" We said, yeah, and they said uh, he was in an accident with an 18-wheeler, and um, it rolled a couple times. Uh, The car was completely destroyed, and 
Mr. Swinney and the two students that were with him were in the hospital. And um, so I'm kind of sitting there thinking, like, fuck. It was like this close to being in the bed of that pickup truck. And um, so that, that week at school, he brought in pictures uh, of his truck. And he slid one to me. And you would not have recognized it as a vehicle. And um, most of my luck has been narrow escapes from really shitty luck. Um, but that's good enough for me. Thank you. Our next event is scheduled for Tuesday, April 19th, when we'll draw 10 names from the hat to tell stories based on the theme, Hunger. Remember, you can purchase tickets on our website, yorkstoryslam.com, and while you're there, you can sign up for our monthly newsletter. You can also follow us on Twitter at York Story Slam, as well as on Facebook, and watch videos of all the stories from our events on our YouTube channel. Our podcast is produced with support from The Beer Ace. Find them at thebeerace.com. This episode comes to you with support from this month's featured brewery partner, Guinness. We hope to see you on stage soon. Thanks for listening. This Story Slam podcast is produced by Carla Wilson of Wilson Media Services. Theme music composed and performed by David Wilson. You can learn more at wilsonmediaservices.com.